Thank you, choir and orchestra. Elisha, an Old Testament prophet, was passing by the home of a Shunammite woman. She saw him go by and was impressed that he was a man of God. So she said to her husband, why don't we provide a little room for him, a place where he can rest and pray and study, which they did. So when Elisha would come by, he would always stay there. After a while, he said to his servant, what can I do for this woman who has shown such kindness to me? And his servant said she would like to have a son, but her husband is old. Elisha prayed she had a son, but then the boy died. The woman comes to Elisha for assistance. When he sees her, he asks her three questions, and that brings us to our text today. Take your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4 beginning in verse number 18. When the child was grown, the day came that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and return. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It will be well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, do not slow down the pace for me unless I tell you. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came about when the man of God saw her at a distance that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is, is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. Three questions we are going to look at today. The first is, is it well with you? You know, sometimes we focus so much on the role of mother that we forget she is first of all an individual. She is a person. I had a friend who was pastor in Dallas he and his wife were planning to go somewhere, but the children wanted their mother to do something for them. He said, no, she is going with me. They said, well, why can she not help us? And he said, before she was your mother, she was my wife. But before she was his wife, she was someone's daughter. We forget sometimes that mother is an individual, that she is a person. Now I believe that man or woman is a trichotomy. We are physical, obviously we can see that we have a physical body. We are spiritual and we are also emotional. So I want us to look at the, the trichotomy or the totality of a woman for just a moment. And I want to ask you, is it well with you physically? 
Are you taking care of your body or are you exercising, doing the things that you ought to do? You see, the Bible says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So the scripture then says that our bodies are temples of the Spirit. When we are saved, we receive the Holy Spirit who indwells us, so our bodies then are temples of the Holy Spirit. Well, if that is so, then we should take care of our bodies. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Present your bodies to the Lord, your service of worship. We get upset when the church building is neglected. At least I do, and I know many of you do as well. But what about the true temple, the body? Are you taking care of the temple of God? Do you exercise like you should to take care of the temple of God? Someone said the only exercise some people get is jumping to conclusions, running down others, dodging issues, passing the buck, and pushing their luck. If the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, then I suppose we could say that exercise then would be spiritual because we have an obligation or responsibility to take care of our body. So, I would say to the mothers today, are you exercising as you should? Because you have an obligation to take care of the temple of God. What about rest? Are you getting the rest that you need to have in order to be healthy? A mo mother told her four-year-old son that he was going to have a baby brother and to make it more palatable to him, exciting to him, she said, now you can help me. You can hold the bottle when it's time to feed him. You can get a clean diaper. You can push the carriage. You can do all of these things. And so he listened. And then he said, well, what are you going to be doing while I do all the work? <laughs> Honestly, don't we sometimes treat it that way? That if a woman is taking care of the children, if she's trying to build the home, how many times have you heard someone say, no, I don't work. I'm a stay-at-home mom. You don't work? No, you just don't get a check. You know, guys sometimes think, well, I make the money, and so I control the money because you don't make any money. So you don't work. A mother was exhausted. She went to the doctor. The doctor examined her. And after examination, he said, uh, you're burning the candle at both ends. She said, I already knew that. Where can I get some more wax? <laughs> so I would ask you then, are you exercising as you should? Are you getting the rest that you should? So is it well with you physically? Because you are a physical being and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is it well with you physically? 
Is it well with you emotionally? The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. All right, now that also speaks of your emotion. That also speaks of your intellect. So is it well with you emotionally? Is it well with you intellectually? Because ladies, you should continue to learn. Just because your formal education has been completed does not mean that you should stop learning. You should always be learning something. Develop a positive attitude. I'm sure that all of you have one already, but you know someone who does not. They should develop a positive attitude. Boy came to his mother, 11-year-old boy came to his mother and gave her an unexpected gift. She said, well, thank you. That's awfully sweet of you, but what's it for? And he said, because you work so hard. She, wanting to be magnanimous, said, well, your, your father also works hard. And the boy said, yeah, but he doesn't complain about it. Develop a positive attitude. It's just as easy to be positive and certainly more productive. And then you need adult stimulation. The truth is, probably some of you mothers have not seen anything other than veggie tales or read anything other than Charlotte's Web since you became a mother. You need adult stimulation. That's the reason we have so many ministries, so many programs and so forth for the women in our church because you need to be together with other women, not children all the time. You need adult stimulation. So I would ask you, is it well with you emotionally? Is it well with you intellectually? And then is it well with you spiritually? Let me suggest to you that you be careful that you do not become stagnant and the reason I say that is because mom you can give so much of your time so much of your energy so much of your of your creativity to your family that you neglect your own needs you neglect your time with the Lord I know that's a temptation for preachers because we spend so much time studying to prepare to speak to the congregation that we neglect our own relationship to the Lord your husband's walk with the Lord is not a substitute for your walk with the Lord. So don't become stagnant and don't depend on someone else. You have to set aside time for the Lord. So have personal devotions. Do you have a time that you spend with the Lord? A time that is set aside where you spend it with the Lord. You need to set aside that time. Exercise your spiritual gifts. My friend, if you are a child of God, if you're a Christian, then you have some spiritual gifts, at least one. So you are to use that spiritual gift in the service of the Lord and then serve others. The Shunammite woman was blessed because she served Elisha, and you will be blessed too when you find a place of service. So I'd ask first of all, is it well with you? Because that was the question that was asked. As a person, is it well with you? Second question, is it well with your husband? Now, there are three basic responsibilities, I think, of a wife in this role. First of all, she is a helper. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make him a helper suitable for him. I'll make him a helper. Well, that's not impressive, is it? What do you do? Well, I'm a helper. That, that's just not a very impressive thing. But in, the, but in the Hebrew language, the word means to complete. I will make someone to complete him. So how does that happen? I will make him a helper suitable for him. I'll make someone to complete him. How does that happen? By sharing your life together. You need to share your life together apart from the children at times. Adam enjoyed all the animals, but he needed someone to share his life. Share your dreams with each other. I remember when we were young marrieds and Linda sometimes would say we should do so and so and, and, and I'd say, how in the world am I going to afford that? She said, I'm just dreaming. Ladies, your dreams can be a nightmare for the husband. <laughs> because when you're dreaming, what we're hearing is that I'm supposed to make your dream come true. But you see, as, as, as a husband and wife, we share our lives, we share our dreams with each other, and then we affirm each other. The wife needs to be affirmed. Husbands, your wife needs to be affirmed by you. Billy Sunday said, try praising your wife even if it frightens her at first. I'm by nature not an affirmer, I'm a fixer. When I hear there's something, my tendency is to fix it. But you know, sometimes Linda doesn't need fixing. What she needs is affirmation. So how does a husband then affirm his wife? If you have a wife, you ought to know that. How does a husband affirm his wife? Well, when she is young and beautiful, she needs to know that you think she is worthy, that she is precious. When she is young and beautiful, she needs to know that you think there is something there. When she is, when she is more mature and wiser, she needs to know you still think she's beautiful. Husbands, you are to affirm your wife, and wives, how can you affirm your husband? Well, when he's young, you believe in him. You believe that he's going to do something. You believe he's going to turn out, regardless as to what your father said. You believe that he can be something, so it's belief in him when he's young. The truth is, when we were young, Linda believed in me more than I did. But that was a great encouragement to me. So when he is young, believe that he can amount to something. And when he is old and feels useless and threatened, then you encourage him that he still is wonderful. <laughs> Most of it is simply being committed to each other. And you know if your husband is committed to you and you know if your wife is committed to you. You know that. You can't disguise it. You know if there is commitment. So she's a helper, then she's a homemaker. 
J.R. Bookoff said, it is the atmosphere created primarily by the mother that makes a home worthwhile. Isn't that true? I provide a house, Linda provides a home. I provide a living, Linda provides a life. I think that it works that way. So she is a homemaker and then she's a lover. Paul said, encourage the young women to love their husbands. Billy Graham said some years ago, when your husband comes home in the evening, even though you have been working all day, I would suggest you run to meet him at the door with a kiss. Now, he might think he's in the wrong house. <laughs> and I know that's not politically correct. I know you're not supposed to say that today. That is demeaning to the woman. And that's a bunch of nonsense. Let me tell you something. You, you be happy to see your husband when he comes home, and he's going to make you happy he came home, and vice versa. So how are you? Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? A wife is a helper. She's a homemaker. She's a lover. Third question, is it well with the child? Mothers probably more than anyone else teach their children the ways of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you rise up. Moms, you're a teacher of your children. So how do you teach them? Well, you start young. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. Train a child in the way he should go. I don't understand parents who say, well, I'm going to let them make their own decision and I'm going to do all this. Whenever they get old enough, they'll make their own decision. No, train up a child in the way he should go. Our children should go to school when they go to school with your values, your beliefs entrenched in their hearts and minds. Start early. Start when they're children. Share your experiences with them. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 5. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Moms and dads, you can't teach what you don't do. Your children watch. And if you're not doing it, if you don't have that relationship with the Lord, you can't teach them to. If yours is a half-hearted commitment, then you're not putting any value on it for the child. Share your experiences with them. Tell them what God has done in your life. And be diligent about it. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, And you shall teach them diligently to your sons. Parents, be protective of your children, and I'm, I'm a little hesitant with this because I think that we overprotect our children today. I understand it because we're scared of the world. We need to prepare them, but you have to protect them. Protect what they see, protect what they hear, protect what they read. Be protective of them and be persistent in it. Even when you become weary, when you are tired, 
whenever they continue to, uh, to, to assault you, whenever you're trying to do what is right, be persistent. Protect your child. Be diligent. You teach them in the home. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, Talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Our children's theology came more from their mother in the home than it did from their dad in the pulpit. Because you teach them in the home. Did you notice that? He says, when you walk, when you're walking with them. That is a great time to teach your children. I, I think I probably learned that with my grandchildren more than my children. But when I wanted to say something to my grandchildren, I noticed that if I sat down to say it with them, it became too important and they became defensive. But when I would get one other and say, let's go for a walk, and we'd just go for a walk and we're talking, I, they would say almost anything to me. So he says, when you walk, what a great time to teach. I remember as a boy walking with my mother and her teaching me the first song I ever learned. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He says, teach your children, teach them when you walk. When they lie down, when your children go to bed at night, that's an opportunity for you to teach them that God's watching over them, that God is going to protect them. You can teach them of God's provision and God's protection when you put them in bed at night. And then he says, and when they rise up, when a child rises up, when they wake in the morning, you can teach them this is the day the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad. I don't understand sometimes whenever a child gets up in a bad mood and the parent encourages them in it. Well, they're tired, didn't get enough sleep. That's not what you teach them. This is a day God's given us. This is the Lord's day. He's got a wonderful plan for you today. Enjoy it. Find it. Enjoy the day. Teach them. When you walk, when you lie down, when they rise up. Well, what do you teach them? If you're going to teach them, what are you going to teach them? Let me suggest to you that you teach them obedience, first of all. Well, we're failing at that point. We're not teaching the children to respect authority. And that's the reason that we are having disruption in schools and airports and everywhere else. Because we're not teaching our children to respect authority. And, and see, here's the problem, parents. When we don't teach the child to respect our authority, they are not going to respect the authority of the policeman, they are not going to respect the authority of the teacher, and they're not going to respect the authority of the Lord. They are going to respond to the Lord as they respond to you. So teach them obedience. Teach them to be obedient. Teach them how to deal with temptation because temptation will come. Your child is going to be tempted. They need to know that temptation is going to come. See, temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted. Temptation is not sin. Yielding to temptation is sin. So teach them that temptation will come, that actions have consequences. Today we try to teach our children how to avoid the consequences of their actions, and we do them a disservice when we do. There are consequences to the actions we take. They need to know that. 
Teach them to protect their thought life. The Bible says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. Our children must learn to be careful what they put in their minds. Teach them to read the Bible. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Teach your child to read the word of God. Teach your children to be committed to God. That's the most important thing that you're going to teach them. Give them a foundation on which they can build their life. Sometimes we, we are so committed to giving them a foundation that is not going to see them through. Give them a foundation that is spiritual, a foundation that is built on God, and it will last them for their lifetime. So let me ask you, is it well with you? How are you doing as a person? Is it well with you? Physically? Are you taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit? Emotionally, intellectually, are you learning? Spiritually, what about your walk with God? Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? How are you doing as a wife? How are you doing as a couple? Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? How are you doing as a mother? The sculptor who designed the Statue of Liberty sought advice and received it from around the world as to what he should design. There was one art authority who said the statue should depict, quote, figures of thought which are grand in themselves. Figures of thought which are grand in themselves. So he chose his own mother as the model. Moms, your models. Your children are watching you and learning from you. They learn your faith. They learn your beliefs. They learn what is important to you. And they learn how to do life. You are a model to your family. Our Father, I pray for the mothers and we respect them and recognize them in that role. And yet we know that they are persons, they're individuals. And Lord, I pray that they might grow in their faith and their walk with you and their happiness and their joy. Lord, that they might from a position of strength be a good mother, be a good wife. They might be a blessing to their family. Lord, I pray for those who are trying to provide that role without the Lord that today they might become a follower of Jesus, that they might trust Jesus. I pray you'd bless them today and I thank you so much for them in Christ's name. Amen. Well, just a moment we're going to stand. The choir will sing. We will extend an invitation. If you're here without Christ, I encourage you today to receive him. If you're looking for a church home, our doors are open. We'd be happy to have you. Stand with me, please. You stand, they sing. And as you come, I'll greet you.